0: a better
1: person than I knew I, was. I Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Wait. Pat Kreitlow of Up North Before News is, is, is on Lake Mesota. Kristen Lyerly and OBGYN on is on the Fox River. And up on Lake Minocqua is Kirk Bangstead of the Minocqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, Lord, welcome. Lord, Lord, you're up north. Won't you let me
0: die happy? Hey. welcome to the Monaco Brewing Company Up North podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead and uh, we've got a special guest today. Sarah Yakub hasn't been with us for a long time. Uh, She was running for running for assembly and you know couldn't couldn't be on the podcast. So Sarah thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be back.
0: So uh, Sarah's joining us because Pat's once again, going to some wild, warm place like Costa Rica, you know, he, he he gets to vacation a lot more than all of us. I think it's because of his advancing years. And uh, we will be joined by Kristen Lyerly in a second. She's, uh, because of this whole, uh, you know, new abortion law that just was uh, introduced by Robin Voss, uh, she's kind of a spokesperson for many things pro-choice in Wisconsin. So she's talking to some other people, um, news news outlets right now and will join us a little bit later in the show. But Sarah, what do you think about what's going on here? What what just happened with uh, our good friend and, and crazy nemesis in Wisconsin, Robin Voss?
2: You know, OK, a couple things. Number one, the Republicans know how to pass a bill. So as Calderoy's eloquently pointed out, if they wanted to get something done, they could. So we know this is a political stunt. But second, as an attorney, as a woman, a rape and incest exception, as determined by who? A non-existent conviction two years after the fact? I mean, this is not practical, and uh, it's symbolic at best, and it's a great example of why government should get out of our doctor's offices.
0: Yeah, so to me, this this reeks of trying to, to, to get a few voters uh, that are kind of more centrist in Wisconsin to vote uh to to vote for Dan Kelly who is the conservative uh, just extremist conservative anti-abortion justice uh, for the Supreme Court and the reason I say that is because it, you know they they know this isn't going to get passed uh, there's already a, a lawsuit that is going through that has been filed by Attorney General Josh call and um and governor evers trying to Overturn this barbaric 174-year-old abortion ban, and and it's and it's probably going to that lawsuit is probably going to win if we elect a progressive Supreme Court justice and change the balance of the court, and then we'll have the same women will have the same reproductive rights that they did before Roe was overturned. So that's the most likely case. So these guys are slightly trying to lower their. Ver, like the view of them being complete wackos and extremists, and you know, having this 174 year old band, you know, not they're not doing something about that because not doing something about that is barbaric and extreme and wacko. But what they're trying to do is barely move the needle, but appear somewhat uh, like they're you know, sliding a little bit more towards the center, which they're not. What do you, you think? Do you agree with me there?
2: Exactly. I mean, it- it's all just political theater. Um, but the thing that's so interesting to me is Judge Janet isn't just a progressive judge. She's a reasonable judge. And there are reasonable, any reasonable judge would take us out of 1849. The idea that 1849, a law that was passed before women could even vote dictates our access to health care. I mean, barbaric is the perfect word for it. But I, I wonder if there are people out there that think, well, no, you know, she's progressive. So you know, she's fair. As an attorney, separate and apart from, you know, any view of her, her politics as a, a person on a personal level, my experience with her is she follows the law and she is fair as a non-partisan individual um, who believes in rights and freedoms.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and talking about rights and freedoms, uh, we are going to uh, talk uh we're gonna this whole show is about uh you know what's being done to get your rights and freedoms back uh by electing a supreme court justice we're going to be talking to uh former u.s senate candidate sarah godlewski next join us after a a short pause an brewing company is excited to partner with equality vines to create choice wine Choice wine comes in two choices, rosé and Sauvignon Blanc. This wine was created to support women's reproductive rights after the Supreme Court rolled back Roe v. Wade in 2022 and caused chaos all over the country. For our Up North podcast listeners, go to choice.equalityvines.com and be sure to use the promo code north to get 10% off your next order. That's choice.equalityvines.com and use the promo code north.
1: If you smile through
3: your fear. Sorrow, smile, and maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through for you.
0: Hi, Sarah, how are you doing?
4: I'm good, Kurt. It's so good to see you guys.
2: We have to give Miss Godalewski a proper introduction. So if I... (laughs) Uh, I just can't catch to the chase here, Sarah. I mean... Proper introduction. We have a celebrity among us, ladies and gentlemen. After consulting for the Department of Defense and working to address childhood poverty at UNICEF, Eau Claire native Sarah Godalewski was Wisconsin State Treasurer and most recently a candidate for U.S. Senate. (laughs) In November, Sarah started a badass political action committee called Women Win Wisconsin, looking to among other things, flip the balance of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah.
4: Yes, no, I mean, I think you got it all there, Sarah. That's pretty good,
2: <laughs> so
0: Sarah and Sarah uh. We are going to be probably joined by Kristen uh, Lyerly in a second because she's uh, she's currently doing some crazy thing on MSNBC about Robin Voss's, uh, you know, crazy bill uh, rape, it, uh, you know, trying to somehow mitigate uh, their extreme positions on this 174 year old uh, abortion ban. But we will talk we'll talk about that later. But I I wanted to backtrack a little bit uh sarah godlewski can i just call you sarah g because we got sarah y and sarah g here um
4: (laughs) can't even say sarah from western wisconsin because hey
0: i know you guys are like you guys are like a half hour away from each other exactly Uh, um so or normal, like like back in the day uh so the question is i mean this is great you know we've we we've, we've we've met informally uh, over the last few years but i haven't seen you since uh the primary and uh we played the term uh, smile uh, we played the song smile uh you know earlier because i had imagined um at some points when when you seemingly left the primary to make room for uh, Mandela to have to be able to get as much support as he could uh, for the general election. I'm guessing you had a smile, smile, but there's probably a bit of a grimace behind that smile. But you had to do it anyways for the better of Wisconsin. And so I wanted to kind of go back to, uh, you know, your your thoughts uh, withdrawing from the primary. And then, you know, after that, you know, how did you, how did you, what did you think about and how did you come back and, and, and why did you start this uh, new pack to help, uh, you know, to help women and to help get a progressive judge elected?
4: Yeah. I mean, for me, I wanted to make sure that we weren't dividing ourselves in a way that hurt us. in even like the final three months of the election, because we only win by a few thousand votes in Wisconsin and Ron Johnson is a conspiracy theory, uh, you know. Wants women to move if they don't care about reproductive rights. I mean, the guys like, you know, thinks that mouthwash kills COVID. I mean, you just can't make this crap up with this guy. And so, to me, the stakes couldn't be higher. And so, but that didn't stop me from the reason why I got in the race in the first place. You know, I never thought that I would have run for the U S Senate. But one of the main reasons that I did is when I looked at that body, I didn't see any moms under, you know, 60, really that were a part of it. And you wonder why affordable childcare and paid family leave and reproductive rights, quite frankly, are always these afterthoughts It's because I don't think that we have enough women at that table. And, um, you know, I wanted to change that. And so that's why I got in that race. And, whether it was, you know, serving as a Senator or trying to fight for it here in Wisconsin, that is something that, um, is really, really important to me. And that's why I was like, after I got out of the race, I'm like, what can I do? Um, and in evaluating what I never knew Kurt, and I don't know, Sarah, if you knew about this, I mean, campaigns are big machines. Like they are these huge investments that At the end of the day, when you look at your email list and your phone numbers and like all that stuff, I mean, my total campaign operation was almost a million dollars. And I didn't want to just lose that infrastructure and have it just dissolve and go away. So I transitioned that entire infrastructure into Women Win Wisconsin, where we are dedicated to fighting for these rights, but also help make sure we have more women at the table.
2: Well, and one of the things I admire so much about your leadership and your contribution to Wisconsin is the idea of the teamwork uh, that is politics and, you know, taking one for the team and plugging in your leadership and plugging in that infrastructure, I think just speaks so strongly to your leadership because it's really, you know, not about any one person, but really getting us across that finish line. But tell us a little bit more about this pack and how you're getting involved. I mean, this is such phenomenal infrastructure and with your work experience, uh, the sky's the limit for potential.
4: Yeah, so... In the fall, to me, what like the big issue was is how are we going to save the governor's veto? We were six votes away. And, you know, if we don't have our goalie at the top, like who knows what they're going to start passing through. And so we focused and identified six really competitive women running in these um, assembly and Senate districts. So it was everybody from Kelly Westland up in kind of the Ashland Superior area to Chris Alpine in the Fox Valley to Luann Bird in the suburbs of Milwaukee and really was there to help whether it's fundraise or provide mentorship or coaching or whatever else we could do we also ran ads in their districts but it was all hands on deck um to help them kind of get through this really these competitive races Um, and so that was kind of our and then we also did this project called Women against Ron. So that was our war project. Uh, (laughs) And um, did some work because we know that Ron Johnson does not care about women's reproductive freedom. He does. He wants to be in your waiting room telling you what you can and cannot do, which is creepy as all hell. Um, But doing a lot of work in that way. um, And so that was kind of our fall projects. So what was fun, Sarah and Kurt, and I don't know when you guys get to like, is trying to think about, okay, So now what are we going to, how are we going to make a difference? And what kind of work can we do in the spring? And to me, I mean, the attack on our reproductive rights was just first and foremost. And we know if they can take away half the rights of a population today, what's next? Whether it's LGBTQ or water rights or you name it. And so I started talking with folks across the state and we're like, let's throw a rally. And so what was supposed to be one rally, like just in Western (laughs) Wisconsin, we're like, oh, we can do Eau Claire, you know. Let's do my hometown. Oh, we can do lacrosse ended up. We're like, all right, Fox Valley. Oh, oh, we want to do green Bay. Oh, Oh wait, Appleton. Oh, oh." and then Matt. So we've got now six on the books and I think we might add one or two more. Um, so it's been, um, it's, we're going to be getting across the state. That's for sure.
0: So I love, I love this. Uh, you know, you had a machine and an infrastructure in place. Um, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Y uh, was, you know, working with me. She was, she was, I don't know if you even knew this. She was the executive director of our little super PAC uh, for awesome. a while. And, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was an army of two. So we did billboards and radio because uh, that's what a two people can do. Uh, but also we worked with Citizens Action, which did a lot of the organizing. Um, the, I want to back up a little bit. I want to talk about how people can get plugged into these rallies and, and, and how they can, that, that can might, might be able to move the needle in this election. But something I think, and by the way, your your, their, your listeners are beer drinking progressives, <laughs> okay. mostly mostly in uh, mostly in Wisconsin, but also in Illinois and Minnesota. To the tune of maybe about seventy thousand folks here, and yeah. I think a lot of them want to know the more human aspect. I mean, I know, and I bet you Sarah Y knows. We both run for office, um, and it's really hard when you when you lose. Or to to, to kind of have you, you've been giving it all for a long 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 time and uh, and you your 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 tank is empty and and I'm really impressed that you you were able to pivot so quickly because uh, honestly I went to Costa Rica when I lost my race and I didn't want to even think about politics <laughs> for a while so so I'm really impressed I, I love to kind of get your thoughts on how what you had to do to kind of like get your mind right to keep fighting because. To me, that's impressive what you did.
4: Yeah. I think for me, it's always like after the Dobbs decision, it was just like, it's never been about me. And I think that's why we all run, right? It's never about us. It's always about trying to make a difference. And and, and this Dobbs decision just really was a gut punch. And I think why it was a gut punch is I just know so many people who were affected Um, even post the Dobbs decision where whether they were older moms or wanted to have kids and now they're worried about it. And I'm like, this isn't just like hands made tales that I'm watching on television. Like this is our reality. We are literally sending um, women back to 1849, a period before we even had sliced bread or doctors were told to wash their hands. And so it just became like, I, I, I just couldn't sit on the sidelines. And I wanted to think about something and do something and so that's I think where the motivation was and I, I don't know maybe I'm a bit masochistic but
3: I'm,
4: <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm like in my happy place on the campaign trail like there's something special about you know people wanting to like share their stories or why they're even thinking about getting involved or taking time to talk to you out of their day and so um I just think like that's one of the most um, precious experiences you can have and so I I guess it was just really, natural um, for me. But I will tell you, my husband, like, you know, in the fall, he goes, are, are you running for something that I don't know about, Sarah? Because, because, <laughs> I mean, we were everywhere, right? Superior, I, we went as far north and as far west and south, like we went everywhere um, to try to help candidates. And, uh, but I wouldn't change a thing.
2: So tell our listeners how they can get involved, how they can support your super PAC. Um, so we can help get some sanity back in Wisconsin.
4: Yeah. So our website is womenwinwi.com. And at womenwinwi.com, you can find like there's the rallies, all the rallies and where you can sign up and how you can volunteer and all of that that information. And then it's information about like the candidates that we're doing work for. And so um, that is by far our best vehicle. But, you know, honestly, just sharing, I think has been really important using social media um, and kind of telling your friends about this work. So,
0: so I always ask, cause you know, it's a lot of this is about, you know, at least a lot about what I do is raising money and asking folks how that money can best be spent to get the message out and to get people excited. I, I like the fact that you're actually doing more human stuff than just raising money. And I appreciate that. Um, the question is how might i mean what do you think you know you're doing rallies and that's awesome how do you think that can move the needle and actually get uh janet elected uh janet protose obviously we've talked about her for months now. She's the progressive judge running for the Supreme Court race. There's other folks obviously running in, in more local races around the state that are very important as well. But but this one's pivotal uh, to the Wisconsin and the United States. It's going to stop, hopefully stop autocracy uh, from happening in America in, in the presidential race. But how do you think that some of these, like, what do, you, what do you kind of prioritize your activities and how they can affect this actual race and get her elected?
4: Well, let's just look at you know, 2019, that Supreme Court election. I mean, the liberal judge candidate lost by 5,000 votes. Now, if you would spread 5,000 votes across the state of Wisconsin, it's literally less than one vote per ward. That's it. So think about it. That's like a friend that you could have told. That's your next door neighbor you could have told. Yeah. That's your you know, partner that worked too late that couldn't make it. Like, that's literally what we lost in 2019 um and so for me it's we only win by a few thousand votes it doesn't matter that's just the wisconsin way and kurt you and sarah know growing up in northern and western wisconsin we got to meet people where they are we can't just like you know put up a bunch of like ads, I think sometimes like that is helpful in reinforcement, but like, we've got to meet people where they are. We've got to listen and we've got to show up. And that's, I think what a lot of this is about is actually traveling to these communities and saying we're here and there's a place for you. You know, when we added Appleton to our rally list, I can't tell you how many people are like, stop, like, don't waste your time. Do like two rallies in Milwaukee And two in Madison. Don't do it in like Appleton, for example. And we had our first rally. We kicked it off. It was full of people. But I think what was so despite it being, by the way, 22 degrees, it wasn't like a nice balmy March day in Wisconsin. It was like that is is a
0: balmy March day in Wisconsin.
4: I mean, I would say like a balmy March day is at least thirty-two here, guys. Like not twenty-two that, that, degrees. That's
0: global warming. I might be older than you. I think oh I thought twenty-two God. was great when I was going to when I was going to high school. I was like, yes, twenty-two. <laughs>
4: okay, let's just say we were all had our long johns on and our hats at this Appleton rally. And what I thought was so great about it, in addition to like people just burying the weather was that it was like first time folks first time voters were coming to these rallies first time like medical professionals who had never been politically involved before and they're like enough is enough like they are treating my profession like a political football and i am done to even like leaders in the faith community that are like they're weaponizing faith in ways that we've never seen before and so i just thought like that was all really refreshing um to see this and so to me, uh, that's all that's kind of part of making a difference. It's these people all getting involved in the energy and knowing that you're part of a community that is working together on this.
0: All right. So- and so for you viewers who just uh, who are on the uh, the live podcast right now, we just we just we just were blessed with the presence of somebody who's looking kind of fancy. I'm not sure uh, you're in you're in Menominee. How could this how could you be going to like some fancy ball right now in Menominee, Wisconsin, Kristen?
3: I am at a brewery eating <laughs> oh, okay.
4: pizza. OK, okay. okay. <laughs> okay. In
3: Menominee? where are you in Menominee? I am at Lucette Brewery and I'm looking at this amazing pizza sitting next to me and enjoying uh, I think it's called a 44 North. OK, uh-huh. so I stopped here because it's halfway between where I live in Green Bay and where I work in Minnesota because I have to make this trip because of Wisconsin's 1849 criminal abortion ban, where it's not safe for people to take care of patients in Wisconsin. So,
0: um, so we we were just having in, having a conversation where Sarah Godlewski, and I have to say that because I have Sarah Yakub on as well, uh, was talking about you know going to these rallies and uh and meeting healthcare professionals who have not been political ever and they're and they're actually becoming political now because they like are like Kristen and, and everybody she's she's an OBGYN if you haven't watched our podcast at all before um you know they're they're incensed for the first time um so i wanted to follow up Sarah Godlewski i think you're so right about going to Apple, and thank God you didn't go to Milwaukee five times uh, because, because the uh, what I keep telling everybody is that, yeah, Monaco, Wisconsin might be 40% Democrat and 60% Republican, but 40% is a lot, you know, 40% is four out of four out of 10 people, you know, and so, and we, if we lose, if we only lose by 5,000 in the last Supreme court race, 30,000, Mandela lost by only 30,000 votes. Like these 40% should not be forgotten about. So I thank you so much for, for seeing that. And only somebody from Eau Claire probably, and not from Milwaukee or not from Madison or not from Hudson or not from Green Bay where we all are. this is why we're called the Up Nord podcast, that we recognize that. So thank you.
4: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm sure we all can tell our stories. I, I mean, growing up, I would always joke. My parents would always be like, does Madison know we exist? Or do they think we're part of Minnesota? Because we're not. So, I mean, we'd like to be maybe sometimes depending on uh, where they are on certain issues. But um, that just really matters. Well,
3: These
2: rallies are just, I, I think they just matter so much because they say, we see you, we care and you matter, and and one of the things that makes the Republicans so effective is they're just bullies. They isolate people, they make people feel like we're alone, we're the only people who think this way, and so giving people this opportunity to get out and see kindred spirits really empowers them to have hope and to get out and vote, because if you convince people their vote doesn't matter, their voice doesn't matter, they stay home. So places like Hudson, you know, Polk County, and the Barron, up into the northern parts of Wisconsin, We energize those places and we let those people know we see you, we care and you matter. They come out and vote and we win.
4: Right. And I I will say, I think the other thing that's been really uplifting about these rallies is we're really trying to humanize how abortion is healthcare. I mean, one in four individuals are getting an abortion and we're trying to do our best in normalizing it. And in sharing these stories, somebody just recently in the Appleton, um, she had a late term, she, it was like a late term miscarriage and it was just an awful situation. And, um, she had never shared her story about needing an abortion and what that was like and had held that in for decades. And she used, um, she shared at a rally and she said, Sarah, I just want to tell you that it literally felt like a brick was lifted from me. Um, cause I've never felt like I could share that story anywhere. And so I think that's like the other part of it is where you know, it's all about humanizing this. Like this isn't something that should be demonized. Like this is just healthcare. And that's exactly what it is. It's women that we all know and we all love getting the healthcare they need.
3: And to that end, Sarah and Kirk, I know you're gonna jump in, but I just wanted to quickly say this isn't a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. It doesn't matter what your party is. This is a human thing and people get it. Women get it. Men get it everybody is starting to understand that this is about your ability to make your own decisions about your own body. People yep. get it.
0: Okay. So uh, Sarah Godlewski, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, sure. We, we uh, I'll be following and hopefully we'll be uh, plugging in somehow with the super pack or something. Uh, but regardless, uh, we are behind you 100%. Well,
4: thank you guys. And next time I'll have my beer. So count me <laughs> in.
0: I hear that. I hear that. All right. So everyone uh, stay tuned. We're going to have Robert Craig from Citizen Action on after this quick break. Believe it or not, this podcast takes a lot of work behind the scenes to make Kirk and company look like they know what they're doing. And a lot of the money that goes to pay our producers and editors comes from the sale of progressive beer. The Monaco Brewing Company sells progressive beer all throughout Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota and Washington, D.C. Never seen it. Well, that's likely because we've been banned across the land for being too political. To find where you can buy Progressive Beer, go to monacobrewingcompany.com and then click the retail locations tab. That's monacobrewingcompany.com and click retail locations. What do you think, Kristen? Do you think we, uh, we, have we brought the top
3: gun in that's going to help save Wisconsin for our next guest or what? Oh man. You know, I listened to Robert Craig talk and I just don't want to actually say anything myself because he has so much to say and he's so smart. So like, let's let him talk. Kirk. <laughs> uh,
0: so Robert Craig is the uh, executive director of citizens, citizen action of Wisconsin, uh, uh, he is kind of a top uh, political strategist in Wisconsin. You know, most of the national networks, uh, you know, are are asking him when when we have all these crazy elections every couple years. Uh, they're asking him what's going on. Uh, we are really happy to have him on as a guest tonight because he is uh, heading up uh, an organization that is uh, really a juggernaut for organizing and getting and getting boots on the ground to get votes out uh, for this uh, for this. Uh, Supreme Court races and other races in Wisconsin. So welcome, Robert. Thanks for joining us.
1: I'm glad to be with you and you're your own juggernaut. And so is the Up North News podcast and and all that you're doing. I would just say that all of us become important national experts in Wisconsin because we have this silly situation where we have a huge influence on the future of the country that much bigger states like California and North and New York, do not, which makes no sense, but that is the structure. So we need to live up to our obligations.
0: So let's talk about uh, citizen action. Uh, I know, I mean, you're 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 bigger than your organization. And you have a lot of thoughts, but this particular podcast is about organizing. Uh, you knew we all we all started to all this all this political people, and I mean political people, is that we. We just are plugged in because, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, We were talking about this race immediately after the November election because we knew that we saved democracy from the clutches of uh, autocracy uh, when we elected uh, Governor Evers, but we knew we couldn't really keep our democracy for very long unless we flipped the balance of the supreme court Uh, when did you start talking about this and and what did you know you had to do after november to uh to help get janet elected
1: i mean we were highly invested in the u.s senate race and so obviously we were thinking about the supreme court but couldn't talk about yet getting the insurrectionist ron johnson out which almost happened and it was the he was the incumbent that came by far the closest to losing and uh he was closest u.s senate race in wisconsin since the first one in 1914 but we were thinking about the next one because what the pre-fascist conspiracy i say pre-fascist because they've not gotten power and implemented fascism but it's all the values all the division and hatred that sets that up um it's been multifaceted for decades, goes way beyond Donald Trump and way before him, and it goes after these various structures where they can gain domination. And in 1990s, the big business lobby in the state of Wisconsin, WMC, was part of a U.S. Chamber of Commerce strategy to take over the state Supreme Court. They were sleepy races where judges made their cases on judicial philosophy, make them big money races, put people in who will always rule for big business when they pollute. When they, uh, when when they put put when they uh, you know have uh, do anything that harms consumers or harms our environment, and then also because they're in league with the Republicans, we'll make sure Republicans and their ideologues wins, and that's why real judges, because the only suspense is how they're going to get what's their legal rationalization for getting to the right-wing outcome. They will make it to the right-wing outcome. Scott Walker will not go to jail for violating campaign finance law. The Republican maps will be accepted uh, over any other maps, regardless of whether that completely um, removes the franchise, basically, where there's a predetermined result, et cetera, et cetera. And this is unfortunately... Our last chance or a number of years, we can create a real court. And I think the way that seed is not a conservative court versus a liberal court is a court that's not a court at all, that violates the whole principle of our Constitution of an independent judiciary. You wouldn't give it this power if it was just a super legislature with a long appointment and no, no accountability to real judges and uh, Janet Protoseowicz, or the other primary candidate that we liked a lot as well, Everett Mitchell, uh, they can't guarantee that we'll win. They'll guarantee that there'll be a fair reading of the law and an application to current conditions, and that will not be tilted on to, to one side, to big corporate economic power or to one political party.
2: Thank you so much for that last part. As a practicing attorney, I could not agree more. Um, this isn't political. This is saving the integrity of officiary. But what advice do you have for those of us out there who feel like, okay, if you get it and you understand the importance of this race, you get it. Um, But there's so many people who are not plugged in. So how do we connect with those people? What advice do you have to organize in a way that, um, you know, obviously preaching to the choir and getting people turned out to vote is important, but do we have an opportunity to reach those who maybe? aren't is plugged in and get
1: those folks out as well. Yes, and I'd break it down even, great question, Sarah, and I'd break it down a little even further than that. There's a group of people that aren't plugged in, don't know what the state Supreme Court does. They're busy trying to make their rent payments, hold on to their job, raise their families, afford food, everything else. I uh, try to figure out how to save money for their kids to go to college, which is too expensive, all of that. Um, But there's another group of people that are politically plugged in and don't lean into their power. Uh, Edan Hirsch, a a political scientist at Tufts University, did a book a couple years ago called Politics for Power that talked about political hobbyism, that there's a larger group of people than volunteer that follow politics incessantly, watch on our side, MSNBC, read the polling sites, follow everything, say things on social media, give small contributions to candidates who don't have never volunteer, and they spend an average of seven hours a week just following politics. And when asked why they don't volunteer, they say, I don't have time. And so we need to understand that politics is a participatory sport and that if people are not engaged, we don't have a democracy. And here's why. And this gets, they are needed to get to the disengaged people and there's two kinds of those. There are those that are engaged but are confused or cross pressured because they may believe that we should have fair maps, believe that women should have should decide on, with their own bodies what to do in in, in difficult situations involving uh, uh, pregnancy, and they um. But they also you know are terrified by the crime ad that's run or the immigration ad that's run or whatever other cultural wedge issue they're putting on with billionaire money and corporate money and a conversation with them is what makes the difference. They can't distinguish between two dueling political ads. And we're going to have plenty of those. And they're befouling waves right now. And there's research that shows that deep conversations with, with your neighbors, with people who know you, where you, they're listened to, make a big difference. Our deep canvas in the U.S. Senate race moved 10% of people from ron johnson who would talk to us and have a long conversation from ron johnson to mandela barnes once you could deconstruct the attacks on mandela barnes and and the tv ads didn't do that but we need more people we have too many people who know very well the stakes but just talk about them, social media just uh listen to things watching i mean we have a podcast too battleground wisconsin i'm glad those some hobbyists are listening but those hobbyists also need to go and volunteer in our and are in other organizations deep canvases so i think that's my answer that this is the the, the solution to problems or democracy is more democracy and democracy is more than voting it is people come to coming to relationship with each other talking to each other and sharing their values and building power together the other way you're building power if you do this is you're getting involved with other people who are trying to save democracy and you you yourself, that voluntary association, civic association is the core of democracy, it's been lost. People often don't know anyone on their own block, but they watch a lot of news, the TV news and follow politics.
3: See what I mean about Robert Craig? I just don't <laughs> even want to ask a question. I just want him to keep talking. But I do have a question because you're right. These are conversations that need to happen and they're difficult conversations. How do we help people get there to the point where they're willing to step up and volunteer?
1: It's a great question because people have all sorts of they, they, they say they're too busy. They also say, oh, things are so polarized, right, that I people will yell at me. They have guns, right? And we, we do a phone version, so you don't have to go door-to-door, but a door version. That actually doesn't happen. You do get some people who hang up the phone or won't talk to you. But really, what's inspiring is the people who are hungry for information, want to talk to you. I had a long conversation on our deep phone canvas Saturday morning with someone who, it tur- they w- said they were undecided. And they weren't sure they were voting. And I asked them about, you know, their values, what was important. And they, abortion came right up and they said they didn't think men should make making decisions for women and that male judges should recuse themselves. Well, how can they make this decision for all women? Great idea. Why were they undecided? Because all they saw is the TV ads and they were turned off by, by the ads on both sides. But having the conversation, by the end of it, I was quite sure this person was with us and that he was going to vote. And the reason is because I validated what he said, had a back and forth. I talked to him for 25 minutes. And so that's a conversation worth having. Traditional chemistry is transactional. You just read your script and go on. That wouldn't have reached that gentleman. And that gentleman is, is with us. I mean, what he said, and he talked a lot more than what I just said about abortion, what he said is exactly what most people think. And he should, and it's amazing how that issue cuts through. They have created the seeds of their own destruction by packing US Supreme Court that would do something that obviously horrendous that has created a much more powerful state Supreme court issue that we've ever had. in in, re- in recent memory, maybe ever, I'm not going to speak for 19th century races, but as far as I know, there hasn't been an issue in a race like this and it's because they packed the U S Supreme court.
0: All right. So Robert, I want to make sure we get this information out before we got to go to a break and leave you. Um, how do people, I mean, I, I believe in your organization. I said at our, at our the reason i'm not drinking beer is that i was drinking beer with robert last night at a big uh, big party to get people to volunteer for citizens action i believe in this uh i believe in this organization um yeah i'm a little bit hungover that's okay um so i want people to know how to sign up for you guys and how to get be doing these deep canvases and how to reach their neighbors where do they go
1: I always break more beer than I should and went to your beer, Kirk. So, you know, good job. <laughs> but uh, I, it's excellent, folks. But uh, our website, citizenactionwa.org, there are sign-up opportunities. Our, there their Facebook posts. We have door canvases in a number of areas of the state where we have our ch- membership chapters we call organizing co because they're member-led. And we have phone. It's a It's a dialer. So it comes automatically. It's very easy. You're a group of people. You see them on Zoom. So it's also a community event. And we do those Mondays, Saturday mornings and Monday evenings. But there are other times for that as well that are open. We just hired uh, because of the support of, you know, good people that, 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 that support us. Kirk has supported our electoral work. Um we've hired additional coordinators to help give people volunteer organization opportunities and be have boots more boots on the ground, addition to our organizers that are around the state. So go to our website, our Facebook page, and our other social media feeds where as Matt Brusky, our deputy director, says, we're big in the social. so you can find us there or you can go to our website. <laughs>
2: Robert, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, and look forward to talking with you again. For all of you uh, listeners out there, stay tuned. We are going to come back shortly.
0: The Monaco Brewing Company is excited to partner with Rusty Dog Coffee to create woke nitro infused coffee. Get woke, go broke. That's what they say, right? Au contraire, mon frere. We infuse this cold-filtered coffee with tiny nitrogen gas bubbles to make it go down extra smooth, all the while giving you the energy you need to keep speaking truth to power. For our Up North podcast listeners, go to monaquabrewingcompany.shop and be sure to use the promo code UPNORTH to get 10% off your next order. That's monaquabrewingcompany.shop and use the promo code UPNORTH.
1: I
3: go to fight for these old hills behind me, these old red hills of home. Old- In a town called Marietta, in the old red hills of home.
0: All right, all right. So that song is from a musical called Parade, and uh, the guy singing it was a a young lad, actually in the South, and uh, he was in Georgia, in Marietta, and. and he was fighting he was going to war to fight for the confederacy uh, obviously he was fighting on the wrong side but he was fighting for his home and that's all he knew is that he was fighting for his home and so um we've talked talked to sarah godlewski who is uh raised in eau claire we've talked to robert craig has been fighting you know fighting battles he you know boots on the ground for years and years and years in, in wisconsin um you know, I have a love-hate relationship with this state. Uh I grew up here. I I am comfortable here because I I'm a Wisconsinite, but I left because uh I didn't like, you know, some of the provincialism here uh, and I went off to the coasts. Uh, but I also realized people weren't as nice in the coasts, and I and I like I, I like you know cu- being able to say hi to people in the street and not looking down and avoiding their eyes. And so I came back, and this is a place I'm going to be. I'm going to stay here, um, and and I decided, you know, it might be a flyover state, but it's my flyover state, <laughs> and I love it, and I'm not, and I'm going to fight for it, and and I think in uh, 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 that and that's kind of and. Northern Wisconsin is somehow a place I ended up and I'm going to keep fighting for this state. So, uh, so I wanted to hear your stories of why you want to fight for Wisconsin. Kristen.
3: Kirk, I'm a sixth generation Wisconsinite. My family came to Wisconsin before the 1849 abortion ban. Like my family, they're all still here. Like this is where I belong. But right now I'm working in Minnesota because Wisconsin's not safe. And it's a giant sacrifice. My kids are living in my house. They're actually having the time of their life. But hey, it's because they're four guys. It's like a fraternity house. (laughs) But I miss them. I should be there. It's breaking my heart not to be able to be home. Just today, when I was coming here, a patient of mine texted me and said, I really wish you were practicing here. I really need your help right now. And I can't help her because of this arbitrary, ridiculous, stupid politicization of our healthcare. Wisconsinites don't like it. We need to go back to common sense. That's what Wisconsinites want. We need to come together and be that progressive state that we are that takes care of each other. So that's why I fight. Sarah, how about you? You know,
2: um, so I finally get my husband to Vegas. He, he'd never been, And it's six in the morning and we're about to leave for a flight and we're at a Starbucks and there's this, you know, young man, this kid working at Starbucks and I'm chatting him up and, you know, how are you doing? He's looking at me like, why are you talking to me? I'm like, oh yeah, I've been living in Wisconsin for 10 years now. We talk to each other. (laughs) You know, California native, like that doesn't happen there. And so it's funny to go back and realize, oh wait, we're much less friendly. And you know, the people here are really good people. They love their families. They love their communities. And we are so much better than politicians who will lie, cheat, steal their way to power. And, you know, if you've seen the series 1923, it's a prequel to Yellowstone. It's brilliant. Um, But if you take some distance away uh, from the circumstance, like a show like 1923, most people would agree who the bad guys are. Most people would agree who the good guys are and who you're fighting for. And so for me, watching what Scott Walker and the Republican Party of Wisconsin has done to Wisconsin is just a tragedy. Uh, Watching people be lied to, manipulated, um, led to believe that their neighbors who maybe think about solving a problem from a different perspective are somehow evil, It just breaks my heart Um, and it's powerful when somebody who you trust, whether it be a faith leader or a parent or a teacher or just somebody who you like or respect leads you down this path that is so ugly and dishonest. Um, it really is hard to pull away from that and say, you know what I'm I'm going to be at odds with my family or I'm I'm not going to ascribe to these thoughts that think that people deserve less rights based on who they love, for example. And I think empowering those who believe in goodness is important and I think we are so much better than what the Wisconsin Republican Party has led us to become
0: and that leads us to another end of the podcast but uh what what you said sarah is that we can be better and we can be better if we all go vote on april 4th we have the chance to finally uh get to turn the power to turn the balance of the wisconsin supreme court have a fair court which will in turn hopefully get rid of gerrymandering which will hold every state senator and state assembly person accountable they'll have to start listening to their constituents we might get our state back and we might be able to have the nice politics the wisconsin nice politics that we used to have uh while we were growing up so thanks
3: say it reverend kirk say it
0: (laughs) Thanks so much, Sarah and Kristen, and thank you all for joining us up at the cabin. We will see you next week.
3: Ta-da!